0: Humbled down her back, a face enough like the long dead Lydia's, that he shivered. Lydia he whispered, in a voice that could be heard only by him. Then he closed his eyes, filled with an old remembered happiness. Catherine. The church my grandmother goes to is immense. It has red sandstone block walls turrets, an organ as big as a subway car, and a gallery that curves round and round into the roof shadows. I'd come to California to spend Christmas with my grandmother, because she'd written and invited me to be with her while my mom and dad were in Europe. She'd love to have me, she'd said, and they'd probably thought it would be wonderful for me to get away from home, away from Chicago and all its heartache. Dr. West might even have suggested it. A change would be the best thing for her, she would have said. She was probably right. So here I was. It was my first day, and although it wasn't Sunday, I'd come to the church with Grandma because she volunteers in the office, and she refused to leave me alone. She said she'd read in the paper about a 14-year-old girl being raped while she was home from school, sick, And that had happened in Alhambra, just a few miles down the freeway. Nothing on earth was going to persuade her that at 17, I knew all about not opening doors to strangers, which in my case would mean every single person here in Pasadena. That could be her real reason. But perhaps she didn't want to leave me alone in case I started thinking bad and sad and desperate thoughts. And she could be right about that. So she was in the office with three other volunteers, typing the church bulletin on the church's new iMac. She'd introduced me to her coworkers, and I'd repeated the names to myself so I'd remembered them. Now I was up in the gallery, exploring. The gallery wasn't used these days, since the congregation had shrunk. By the look of it, it wasn't cleaned very often either. Although it was December, It was California hot outside. Sun shafted through the big round stained glass window, making red and blue ribbons across the dusty pews and floor. Way down below, I could see the pulpit, where Dr. John Miller, the pastor, would preach on Sunday. The church had the hollow emptiness that immense open buildings have. And there was a smell of old books and mildew and some sort of sweetness, not incense, because I'm fairly sure Methodists don't ever use incense. I was standing, looking down, fighting a sneeze, when a soft voice spoke right next to me. Catherine. I gave a startled yelp and jumped sideways. Hey. I spun around. I'd thought I was alone, and I was. There was nobody. Nobody. But I'd heard my name. Who's there? My voice was wobbly. I went up a step and looked along the length of the next pew, wall to wall. Empty. But there had to be somebody. Silence pressed around me. Was someone lying down, along the floor, out of sight? I didn't want to walk all the way up to the last row, What if the someone reached out, grabbed my ankle, and pulled me down? The poor girl who had been raped just a few miles along the freeway was suddenly very real to me. This isn't funny, you know, I said in a shaky voice. It's bad manners to scare people. Only silence. In a rush now, I started toward the stairs that led back down to the vestibule below, And I was telling myself, you only imagined it, Catherine. But I knew I hadn't. And I was remembering how, after Kirsty died, I dreamed about her and thought I'd heard her voice whispering, help me, help me. The way she had that night. And it had been so real, as real as this. The thought made me feel worse. Was I going wacky again?